welcome to Four Guys in a Comic, with your hosts, Red, Rusty, Tap, and Nova. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Four Guys in a Comic. This is Rusty, and Red is MIA, so we have only Tap and only Nova with us tonight. And how's it going, guys? It's going wonderful, but you say only like it's a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. You know I love you guys, and this is going to be a great episode. Everyone should be excited because we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We do. So, yeah, exactly. So, for those of you that are listening right now, be prepared to hear the sultry sounds of only three out of the four. Um, and uh, that could be a good or a bad thing. We'll see what happens. We didn't really prepare for this too much because we thought the Red Skull was gonna be here, but he is not. Prepare, prepare. So we don't. We don't need to prepare. We Pre- got this. All it is. We're just yeah, gonna right. discuss I mean, what we all love and what we're passionate about. What is that? Comic books. That's what we're here to discuss. Comic so books. Let's get into it. And uh, I'm. I was gonna say I apologize, everyone, for all, all the background noise going on right now. Rusty's at a concert. Um, I am. <laughs> it's not necessarily a concert, but I am at a bar because of internet problems. And uh, so if I sound different and you hear some uh, groovy tunes in the background, now you know why. I was trying to make if you, you could sound s- like super dedicated to the podcast where you were at a concert, but you just had to leave the concert to come record with us. And now you just ruined that illusion. Ruin the horror. Broadcasting live <laughs> from Austin City Limits. There you go. There you right. go. Make it sound exciting. You pay pay three hundred dollars for a ticket and leave to go record a free <laughs> podcast. That's how dedicated you are, oh, sir. God. That speaks volumes. Super yeah. dedicated. All right, guys. Well, moving on. Let's start with Nova. What have you been reading this week, man? Like, what have you been into? What haven't I been reading? I've just I've been doing this new thing where I'll I'll take an issue and I'll read a panel. And then, and then I let another issue and read. And then I let tap review all the crap because I, I didn't exactly read the issues. <laughs> no, I've been. Um, yeah, he, uh, Nova today was like screw Harley yeah, Quinn apparently. And Green Arrow. <sighs> Come on. I'm I was gonna say, well, man. And Nova gets me. Okay, Nova for, gets me with Green Arrow every single time <laughs> Green Arrow comes out without fail. I don't think he's read a single issue of Green Arrow yet. Hey, I read the Rebirth issue. I'm. It's because I know I'm worth it. That's why I don't read it. Um, what's that? Pantene? No, it's worth it, apparently. Because you're worth it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You're worth the wait, Nova. Oh, I need to be in one of those commercials. I've been reading, um, I actually just got the new X-Men Omnibus by Mr. Morrison. Really? Oh, yeah, really? I did. And I was reading, it's funny, um, a little, a little filthy secret about me i was reading uncanny x-men by Cl- chris claremont but that's taking a very far back seat because i got the new x-men omnibus so i'm gonna read that first Sorry, how many seat. pages how many pages is that omnibus 1100 oh so damn that's one Ooh, of the buddy. thick ones yeah but um marvel uses fairly thin papers so it's like about the size of an 800 page dc omnibus that's still pretty pretty good it's though, man. Bad. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm lengthy, excited. man. It's lengthy. And and I saw that. Uh, so I was I was glancing over. I like to do this little thing where I just go on Amazon and I type in the word omnibus and see where the where the internet takes me. Um, and I saw that the 
90s Exo Manowar Omnibus was on 65% off, so I nabbed it and I'm waiting for it to come in, uh, which will be pretty That's pretty fun. cool. Very cool. So I gotta ask you real fast: the X Men Omnibus you got, what year X Men like saga um, is? It is New X Men. It's where he introduced Cassandra Nova, followed by okay. Phantom X later. Um, destroyed Genosha, all that stuff, all that fun. So it's like early millennium-ish, ish. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I think uh, Phantom X was what, like two thousand four, maybe. Yeah, it is earlier than that, yeah, maybe. It's on the cusp of the new millennium. Two thousand. Okay. Well, it, the series started in two thousand one, but it's like the tail end of it, I think. So yeah, two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. Some of those fanboys go bananas for Phantom X. So I know a lot of people yeah. don't like this run a lot either, and I don't really care. I know Dante hates it especially. What ah. doesn't Dante hate? Ooh. The man who is ready to uh, ridicule and uh, criticize everything. everything. Yeah. Even things he enjoys. I love Dante, but exactly. yeah, he hates everything. Yeah. But aside from that, um, yep. it's, it's funny... Tap and I sort of had I sort of had a revelation really and I passed it upon Tap yesterday and I didn't realize this. So Tap Tap contacted me. He sent me a text and he's like, There's so my reading list has just grown exponentially. There are so many supernatural books from DC I need to read. I was just thinking, I'm like, you know what, now that you mention it, supernatural at DC is sort of like the cosmic at Marvel. The amount of just sheer stuff you can read yes that is quality um is the equivalent of how much cosmic stuff marvel has that's extremely true well that's interesting take on it too because you know you don't really see that much like um supernatural stuff happening within uh marvel you kind of see more of like a uh, monster take on it so uh, it's like a give and get i guess with uh dc and marvel you got your uh jason Voorhees on one side and your uh, poltergeist on the other yeah basically i mean that's a pretty good way of putting it i mean even the monster characters for marvel there's really not a lot i mean you got ghost rider blade morbius man thing yeah man thing doctor strange would fall under the supernatural i think but I would guess so, yeah. You got Dracula. And but stuff how often too, do you see it, those characters? Aside yeah, from Doctor Strange, how often, and maybe Ghost Rider, how often do you see those characters, though? Yeah. Not that much, man. No, Someone who I wish we would rare. see more of, kind of monster wise, is Mephisto, but he's been like. Yes, Mephisto's question. got that supernatural. That would be good. Nova, throw out some uh, supernatural things for uh, our listeners to. Read, come on! You, you're the DC man. Tap's got a list. Tell us. So I mean, aside from you got a list. Okay, wait. Tap's got the list. Yeah. Let's yeah, hear. Yeah, no, I yeah. straight up made a list of everything that I. Some now, keep in mind, some of this stuff I've already read and or own, but I was looking into it a little bit deeper because I love the supernatural stuff, and the older I get, the more I can appreciate it. So I went through and I was making a list, and uh, at the top of my list that I'm currently reading right now, and I'm really late to this party is Sandman. Uh, by Neil Gaiman. Now, I'm glad that I'm really late to this party, though, because if I would have read The Sandman when I was younger, I wouldn't have appreciated it for what it is. 
I think it definitely took a, for me personally, I think it definitely took a little bit more of an older, mature person to go through and read this to actually be able to appreciate it. And I feel like that's why I probably missed a lot of these supernatural stories when I was younger, because I don't think I really would have understood them. Uh, but now I love them because I, I get it. I grasp those concepts now much better. So uh, Sandman is at the top of the list. Uh, then you also have, obviously, Hellblazer. Everyone knows I'm a huge Constantine fan. Uh, you have the Spectre, of course. Uh, you have uh, Swamp Thing. You've got Justice League Dark, which was phenomenal in the New 52. You've got Dead Man. Uh, Zantana, I guess a lot of people say, is sort of, you know, mystical, supernatural-ish. Um, God, I'm trying to think of who else. So the other ones that I was thinking of aren't necessarily all DC, but like Hellboy, uh, that's, you know, Dark Horse. Uh, the Goon, is, but that's more Dark Horse. Um, well, not more so. I mean, it is Dark Horse. Um, but yeah, so it's just, you got a lot of these supernatural elements and supernatural characters and things that I really like. Oh, on DC side, I just now remembered, uh, I read a little bit last night as well. Resurrection Man um, is one for the DC side. Uh, me and Nova were... Oh, what was it? Like, you were oh, Shade like the Changing, Changing Man. Man. Yep. Books of Magic. Books of Magic, which is a spin-off from the Sandman series, yeah, sort of. There's also, um, I guess you can ask Lucifer to, you can add Lucifer to your Correct. List. Lucifer was a spin-off of the Sandman. Uh, then you also had... Death, um, which was pretty tight. What was the I other like one? That. Oh, we had talked about Animal Man kind of yeah, being yes. somewhat of a supernatural type character. Yes. All so right, yeah, on right. the DC side, you know, you got a no. lot of the supernatural stuff. Um, on the Marvel side, we already kind of discussed that you don't really have a whole lot. Uh, on some of the indie sides, like I said, you have Hellboy, obviously, um, and then you have the Goon. From Image, you got Spawn, uh, is sort of part of the supernatural side as well. Uh, if anybody else out there, though, if you guys know more of the supernatural stuff that is really off the hook with, I don't care what publisher it is. If you guys know of anything else that I'm forgetting or that I haven't named off by all means, please message me, tweet us, whatever the case may be. Cause I'm making a ginormous reading list right now of uh, stuff. Um, Oh, I guess one of the other ones you could throw in there is a uh, lock and key. That's definitely more supernatural, which is a phenomenal story. Every issue is just a phenomenal uh, by Joe Hill. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you got from the Supernatural side. But, yeah, so overall, it's been fun. Very cool. So, now, since we're already on this kind of Supernatural kind of uh, theme, you know, it kind of goes along with the month right now. It's October oh, it right now, so we're getting ready for Halloween and everything. Um, what are some comics that you would suggest to get you in the uh, kind of Halloween mood for this month it depends are you am i allowed to throw in like books that are also comedy related like they, like they're comedic whatever whatever's gonna get you in the spirit i mean look at hocus pocus that's yes. a movie that's a comedy but it gets you in the halloween for mood. me personally so, i would have to throw the goon out there the goon is just ugh, it's so good i would have to say the goon is definitely a good halloweeny one um, Spawn even sometimes feels like a good Halloween-y one, especially with all these stupid clowns that you got out there now running around. Because you got, like, you know, the Violator and stuff is the clown. I so the Violator's running around. I was going to say, the Violator's, like, almost the ultimate comic yeah. clown. Well, you got the Joker, yeah. but... Um, so, yeah, I think, I would, for me, I would have to definitely say probably the Goon, for me personally. 
I think that um, the violator would probably destroy the Joker <laughs> in like two seconds. I think they'd get along. Just saying. I don't know. The Joker's got some incredible hand-to-hand combat skills. And he's the genius. <laughs> so we know. So we know now. Even though no one knows who trained him, there is hearsay that he can fight. Yeah, yeah I don't know. We'll and see. Nova. So what? You, what? What puts you in the Halloweeny mood? In the Halloweeny mood, I like to read some the newest Green Lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that, but I don't know. I wanted to come up with something a little funnier, and nothing comes to mind though. I think uh, I may read a little Afterlife with Archie. Yes! Chilling or, Adventures uh, of Sabrina. Okay. Yeah. That is totally what I was going to say if I was asked oh. by y'all was Afterlife. Well, now you got to come up with a new one. Spot on. Yeah. Or, um, no, <laughs> He's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I may just, I'm just not going to talk when you guys ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sit here silently. His arms are crossed. For those of you listening, his arms are crossed and he's refusing to talk. <laughs> or, uh, or read some more Hellboy, either one. Ooh, yes, nice pick too. Yeah. Ooh, darkness. Pretty cool. Yeah, true. That's another. Well, that's another supernatural take. Top cow, yeah. baby. Darkness. Witchblade. Darkness. Yeah. yeah. Now, we mentioned. Okay, since you took my afterlife with Archie idea, I was totally thinking back to last year when we did the we did the podcast over afterlife with archie never read an archie thing like that before i was totally amazed by it um but beyond that i mean i've talked about it recently something that's a little more hardcore than walking dead crossed i mean if you really want to get in like a kind of messed up mood, i don't know if that's a halloween mood that's like (laughs) a psychotic killer mood if not that i'll go a little tamer and we can do the uh, the X Men issue with Frankenstein that we went over. Oh, you remember what I'm talking about, Nova? That was uh, the one where he's like yeah. gripping the metal wall and like yeah. crunching it with his hands. I literally it's like remember what is going on, Frankie? Nothing but the cover of that issue. I don't remember. <laughs> I that yeah. That's basically it. It was not um like I just remember it being funny. There's nothing in it that I can specifically say that was just like what. But I mean, you could technically say any x-men comic is a halloween comic because they're all a bunch of fools in costumes oh especially that that, um one-eyed freak (laughs) nobody likes well okay i got a um uh speaking in costumes got a chuck norris joke for you nova okay just for me okay i'm nervous because you're the okay because it's well you'll understand it's a canadian chuck norris joke It's not a Canadian. Oh, okay. Maybe with the, the reason the, the context polar bears that we've are discussed going extinct. In the Chuck Norris is that the joke? No, 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 no. Okay. He's like, well, that that is true. Chuck Norris no. is global warming because of Chuck Norris. Is that the joke? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Chuck Norris and Superman once got into an argument over who would win in a arm wrestling contest. Okay. Loser has to wear his underwear outside his costume. Uh, <laughs> ah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I heard that the other day, and I thought I, I thought it would represent, uh, you know, your Canadian well, Superman joke's on self, you, because so. Superman now keeps his junk in his uh, suit, so 
Looks like he got a rematch with Mr. Norris and won. <laughs> in the next Expendables movie, Chuck Norris will be pantsless. <laughs> they up That's the right. ante. That's right. And he has to wear Canadian underwear. So, with the maple leaf on. Canadian. What is that? <laughs> I was going to say the official the Canadian. Leaf. He's going to have the yeah. maple leaf or he's going to have little Wolverines all over it or. <laughs> Not available Longer to Americans. are a dangerous place to be. You you don't know whose underwear is whose. <laughs> but anyway, um, scary times. Rusty, scary times. since I really, really, I when I see a Marvel comic, I uh, if it's not Black Widow or Moon Knight, I guess Karnak as well. I'll add that to the list. I'm sort of just batting it away with the ten foot pole. So why don't you tell us? I'm sure Tap's the same way. What is going on at the, on the Marvel side of things? Has anything cool happened? Okay. Sell us, baby. Sell us. So there's a there's a lot of cool things going on. Amen. And it mainly has to do with Captain America. As weird as this is, I mean, there, there's a lot of things involving Red Skull, Captain America. We know we had the whole Nick Spencer incident where he was like Hail Hydra or whatever. But it seems like they're kind of playing off it in other stories now. And a lot of people are saying that, dang, Civil War is Minority Report, basically. Well, if you think that's Minority Report, you need to read Steve Rogers' Captain America because there's some more weird stuff going on in there between him and Red Skull and everything else. But I will say, the coolest thing that I've seen in Marvel lately, okay, is in Uncanny Avengers, and at the end of it, we saw Cable and Sebastian Shaw whooping uh, Steve Rogers' ass, okay? Like, it wasn't just a normal beatdown. It was like Cable's old, wrinkly, gray-haired self put the beatdown on young Steve Rogers. And did you say Sebastian Shaw? Yeah, Sebastian Shaw from the Kevin Hellfire Bacon Club was is helping whooping his ass. <laughs> <laughs> whooping that ass. Six degrees it of was... Kevin Bacon. And uh, Deadpool even helped. He hit him once, and then he got knocked out. <laughs> Deadpool gave him a love tap. And then uh, he gave him like a love tap, and then, uh, you know, good old Steve hit him in the face with the shield and knocked him unconscious, basically. And um, I will say the overall thing that came out cool from that issue, Uncanny Avengers, is that all the mutants got kicked off the Avenger teams, basically. There are no more mutants that are going to be allowed on the Avengers team because Marvel's getting rid Steve of all Rogers the mutants. says so. That's what it feels like. And, um, you know, earlier this week on Wednesday, we had uh, Death of X come out, so... Let's just keep killing off mutants and uh, progressing the story until we get Inhumans versus X-Men and then everything. I gotta say, I am not a fan with the direction that Marvel's headed in. When I was a kid, the reason why I loved Marvel so much and why I was a Marvel fanboy growing up is because of mutants. I truly, I mean, there's a part of me, there's a, yeah, but there's a part of me that secretly wished and hoped that when I turned 13, I would start developing like crazy ass mutant powers and I could become an X-Man because it just made you believe that like anything was possible. It made you believe like, Hey, this crappy life that I have right now could be really cool. Once I turn to become a teenager, whatever the case may be. I'm not saying my life is like crappy, but you know what I mean? Like it just kind of gave you hope for something cool to happen to you. Same thing with Spider-Man. 
I used to, I didn't try to get bit by a spider, but every time I did get bit by a spider as a kid, I'd be like, hey, maybe I'm going to turn into Superman now. Like, I let my my imagination run wild when I was a kid reading these Marvel comics. And now Marvel is getting rid of everything that was ever cool about Marvel and because I'm the only thing that I can assume is due to movie rights. That's the only thing that I can assume. If I'm wrong, somebody please tell me. But that's the only thing that I can assume is happening. And I think it's crap. And you're taking a giant steaming pile of crap right on your freaking fan's chest right now. And I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I think it's a bad, bad move, Marvel. Oh, I can kind of semi-agree because if you look at it, I mean, all the franchises that are not owned by Marvel cinematically, like Fantastic Four, aren't around, even though they still have a giant part within the Marvel Universe. They're not doing anything yeah, nope, with They killed them. their comics. Um, I mean, they killed killing, off Wolverine. They're killing off the X-Men. Yeah, they killed off Wolverine, basically. And, I mean, they have Old Man Logan, which is different. And now you see Fox trying to make, like, an Old Man Logan movie, basically. But it seems like a turf thing. But beyond this, okay, I'm going to ask both of y'all this because you mentioned it first, Tap, and you brought up the idea in my head. You said when you were 13, you wished that you would develop mutant powers. What powers did you secretly wish you could develop? Honestly, I wasn't even really sure if I even cared. I think I just wanted to develop powers because I honestly believe that I could become an X-Man. Because when I was like 10 and 11 years old, I grew up watching, you know, the X-Men animated series. Like, that was my jam. My jamma jam. And uh, I just, I, I number, number one, flying was always in there. I always thought it'd be really cool to fly. Like, that was like my all-time power was, like, was that I'd be able to fly. But then anything else extra would just have been cool. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just always felt like, you know, once I started developing hair in other places that I was going to be able to fly all of a sudden. And like, it just, it just gave you like that glimmer of hope, you know? And I've seen it with other little kids too. Like even as a parent now, I've seen it with like my friend's kids and stuff where they'll be like, you know, oh yeah, when I get older, I'm going to become a superhero. Like the, it's just that imagination was there and that you know, having a mutant ability and something that lays dormant in you. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have mutant powers was just something that was really cool. And it, it just really helped, I think mold some kids, uh, imaginations. And so I think taking that away from them is crap. Yeah. I just, I, it's super true. I mean, I, I would go ahead. No, well, I just don't get why they would get rid of the X-Men as a franchise. I mean, even I just don't get it. The movies are. So Why would you get rid of Fantastic Four? Yeah, the same thing. Like the movies may be bad, but people are gonna read the comics. If the comics are good, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna keep reading the comics. Well, I just from, don't. I don't understand. From what I've heard, is they said it's due to the fact that they don't want to give the movie free publicity through their comics. So but if people, comic readers, know the movies are shit. But I mean, they're, but they're not like making the movies. Fun. But let's be real, though. The movies aren't being made for us hardcore comic fans. Like, it's an added bonus for us, but the movies aren't being made for us. The movies are being made for the casual person that's like, hey, I just went and saw the new Fantastic Four with my kids. I know yeah. nothing about the Fantastic... You know, yeah. that's who the movies are being made for. And so Marvel didn't want... Which I don't know why, because if it's going to sell more books for you, like, yes, maybe they get more more money in the movie industry but how many of those kids are excuse me they're gonna go see the fantastic four 
And then turn to their parents and say, hey, can we go to the comic book shop? I want to go pick up some Fantastic Four comics. No, you can't because those don't exist anymore, Jimmy. But Sorry. exactly, exactly <laughs> my point. But, you know, I just feel like in the same thing with X-Men. Oh, Dad, we just saw the new X-Men movie. Can I go get a Wolverine comic? Oh, sorry, he's old man Logan now. You're not allowed to yeah. read Wolverine. You know, it's—I don't understand it. I'm not a businessman, so maybe there's, yeah. maybe there's some hidden things that I just don't understand. But overall, it's depressing. It's sad. I think it's a bad move. Well, and I, uh, like kids See, are gonna watch the next Iron Man, and they're gonna go to their comic store, and it's not. It's Tony Iron Stark Man's now, na- yeah. Iron Man's now a thirteen-year-old girl, or whatever or, it is, or Doctor Doom, who yep. is taking over Iron Man. So yep. I mean, it's just weird. Now you can't really hate on Doctor. Well, I don't Doom, mind. Though. Well, I mean, no. Doctor Doom can be it's whoever he level. wants to be, and everyone still loves Doctor Doom, basically, unless he's the Fantastic Four character in the movie. That was bad. Wait, which Doctor one? Doom. There's been three. There's been the three of movie. them in total. <laughs> Yeah, but no, new movie Doctor Doom where he started out as the blogger and then he turned into Weird um, Doom and yeah, he's just Weird Doom. Okay, now, Nova, I said I was going to ask you the same question. Did you ever have ambitions of turning into a mutant not, and did you have want powers not maybe? A mutant. I just wanted to be Spider-Man. That was it. That's all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, where's I the didn't nearest even nuclear want the planet? Powers. I just wanted the saucy redhead. Did you try to? <laughs> this is why he became an engineer. This is why he became an engineer. He is like, I am going to develop. No, no he didn't even want the powers. He just wanted the chick. I just wanted this, the, 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 that 70s show, Donna. MJ. <laughs> well, are you cool with uh, Zendaya being MJ? Um, I don't know what you mean or what you're talking Zen- about. Zenda- so okay, I'm- so Zendaya is the new, she's been cast as the new MJ in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. Uh, Zendaya is one of those. Was it Disney? Disney stars. She used to be a Disney. Yeah, she used star. to be a Disney star, but she's like okay. So number one, she's like six foot tall. She's really huge. Isn't Spider Man? Is he the same height as her? At least the the little gentleman. No, I don't think I don't think uh, Tom Tall Holland's that tall. No, but no, she. So Holland, yeah, Zendaya is like really tall, and. I think she's oh she's like the right age. I think she's like what eighteen, nineteen now, something like that. So she's the right age. Yeah, she's but young she's gun. also of uh, of mixed descent. Yeah, yeah she's she's a mixed descent. I I don't really care because I don't think that Spider Man movie is gonna be for me anyway. Really? It just it seems oh, like it's gonna sir. be a really high school. I mean, I mean, what's his name? Flash Thompson's like. Just that's the same thing. It's the same thing as Zendaya, right? It's sort of complete change this is the thing they think that there might be a flash thompson venom character but the argument is is sony oh there's rumor that the deal with sony was they don't allow them to make a venom movie that they get to make their own venom movie so a lot of people don't know if they own agent venom or just venom i I just i'm i don't i don't want to watch a high school movie there's something about it that just turns me off. I, I just really don't. I'll watch it. I'll watch the hell out of it. I love Spider-Man. And I think Tom Holland was a really good pick as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man from what we got to see in Civil War. Dude, spot on. I was laughing. It was so good. Yeah, I don't know. Not for me. And you got Marissa Tomei as, you know, the hot aunt. 
This is like a tap movie. He wants to be back in high school and banging Marissa Tomei. No, it's like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> That's like, take me back. It's Matthew McConaughey in Days and Confused. There you go. They keep the older getting, I get, oh, they just I keep, keep staying the same age. They stay the same young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a little creepy. That's oh a little creepy. Gosh. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not all about that. That's creepy. But uh, <laughs> no, I am excited though to see Spider-Man. I like seeing Spider-Man in high school. I loved Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, maybe that's why I'm so excited for it because I was a huge fan of Ultimate Spider-Man. I thought it was really well done. Uh, probably my favorite Bendis work ever. And a lot of that, as you know, took place in high school. And I think, you know, that's when I read a lot of Spider-Man 2 is when I was in high school. So it's easy for me to relate, and maybe it's a nostalgic thing for me. I don't know, but I'm I'm excited. I'm not really a fan of, like, this Parker Industries thing that's going on now. I don't know. It's, it's not like it's badly written or anything. It's just not the Spider-Man that I grew up with, and I'm just kind of nostalgic for the character, I guess. Well, I'm going to tell you what Scott It's Lovell weird seeing him grow up. You shouldn't be reading the same character for 40 Shit years. changes. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's, it's been kind of weird. I think, well, Spider-Man right now is like a, he's basically Tony Stark in a Spider-Man Yeah, outfit. yeah. That's what it's really come down to. You're right. I don't That's know how I doing. feel about it. And I'm not knocking the writing or anything. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just not, not my character. So I, I have, but, I have moved on. I've accepted it and I've moved yeah. the frick on. I will say Marvel does make it easy to move on. They do. <laughs> for better or for worse. They make it easy to move on and go to DC or Image. Um, or another title. I mean, like, Moon Knight. Moon Knight's phenomenal. If Moon Marvel Knight. ever puts their dirty little hands in Moon Knight and screws it up, I'm going to be so mad. Jeff Ooh. Lemire is becoming one of, like my new favorite writers. I mean, I know he's not new. He's been around for a long time, but I'm saying for me personally, and I'm reading more and more Jeff Lemire stuff lately. He's for me is becoming one of my, one of my new favorite writers to read. So what do you think is this problem with uh, X-Men then? Because you said you didn't like super enjoy the extraordinary X. I think that one for me was more so the art that threw everything off. I, I had a hard time getting past Ramos's art. Like I said, that blob yeah. that was supposed to be Colossus, that looks absolutely nothing like Colossus. And I think that, I think honestly, Colossus probably pissed me off more than any other character wow. in that book. I saw a picture today of Colossus, and it was like the 90s Colossus, you know, the one that we all know and love with like the thigh high boots. And, uh, <laughs> and I saw that and I go, now that is Colossus. <laughs> and I'm just so, I don't know. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that the story was bad per se. It was just it, I don't know, the art really threw me off. And I seem to like more of Lemire's more, I guess you'd say mature stuff. Uh, like Moon Knight, for instance. Like that's not meant for small children. You know what I mean? Like where I feel like X-Men is kind of an all ages type of book. Um, I like more of his mature take on things. I think when he's able to kind of let so loose. So are little. you gonna be? Oh, so are you gonna be all over uh, Thanos when that? I'll comes definitely out then? give it a shot. Yeah. I better hear that from uh, Nova too. I'm sure Nova will try it. Oh, maybe not. Shakes I'll try his head it. and rolls his eyes. <laughs> I'll try it. Uh, I don't know. Everyone is Thanos. really skeptical about it because everyone is saying that. Uh, Starlin isn't getting as much of a say in it 
as he normally does with Thanos books. Like, there's an ongoing joke about any time anyone writes Thanos, Starlin pops out of nowhere, basically, and is like, hey, do you want some advice? And gets his two cents in, basically. So I've heard that he hasn't really gotten to do that with this Thanos, and it's one of the few Thanos books not written by him that's a solo thing. So I'm just kind of more curious to see what's. So when happen. is this book supposed to be dropping? Just out of curiosity. I think it's supposed to be dropping later this oh, month. Oh, okay. Actually, Good. I yeah. will definitely check it out. Um, Speaking of dropping, yep. should be pretty cool. We um, so. I was just gonna say I saw earlier today that we have an official release date for the Immortal Iron Fist. Oh, on Netflix. March yeah, 17th, March 17th, baby. Yeah. Looks like it'll be fun. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'll probably get around now, to it at some point. Yeah, I'll probably get around to it like a year later. <laughs> yeah. You guys haven't even watched yeah, Luke Cage yeah, yet, have you? Me no, too. You haven't even watched Luke Cage <laughs> yeah. yet. I don't have internet. What am I supposed oh, to yeah, do? Oh, yeah, you said you didn't <laughs> want to use your data to stream Luke Cage. Um, nope. I'm on episode it. 9 or 10 right now of Luke Cage, and... I've heard a lot of mixed reviews, but I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm loving it. I think I it's like good. Psh. Like, psh, screw you guys. I'm enjoying it. Yep. It's the way to live. I you know, and I'm still the guy who hasn't finished Daredevil yet, though. So. Oh, sir. Which one? Season one and two, or just one and oh, two? I've Jesus watched Rusty. through half of. You've one. only been without internet for eight days. This what? is ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Yeah, horrible. Horrible. I can binge watch Stranger Things in like a night, but I uh, I can't get through Daredevil for some reason. Yeah, well, poo on you. Oh. Poo on you, absolutely. Well, I, I just want to say quickly, just to end the Marvel talk real fast, oh uh, two other suggestions real fast. Flat, uh, Flash Thompson's Venom, okay, is ending, and then uh, which is pretty good, and we're getting a new Venom, so be excited for that. And then also, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Extraordinary was all right, actually. It tied into some of the other things, and Uncanny actually tied into everything, especially with Sebastian Shaw, because Magneto is a part of the Hell Club right now, or Hellfire Club right now. So, weird stuff. But uh, moving on, I guess, um, is there anything going on in the indie world that you guys want to talk about? What hmm. isn't going on? Eclipse is getting a second printing. Oh, yes. Eclipse is getting a second printing, and Eclipse number two is dropping already. I felt like that happened really quick. You lie. I felt like issue one and two dropped like back and to issue, back. Issue one was like September 7th. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Maybe it just... Maybe time is... Maybe time is just going by way too fast I for us. I, like, think we're... Is, I think time is eclipsing. Oh. Well played. No, Eclipse is phenomenal. We're getting killed by um, the And sun. for those that haven't read Eclipse, be sure you guys read it in the next couple weeks because we're going to have Mr. Zach Kaplan on the show. We've actually already spoken with him, so he's going to be dropping here uh, interviews uh, probably towards the end of the month. So be sure to check out that as well because Eclipse is it's good. It's real good. I was actually I was actually reading Eclipse number two today, to be quite honest with you. Um, and it's it's good. I'm enjoying it. I saw that um, re that Reborn series is starting soon with uh, Mark Millar and Greg Capullo. 
Right, so I guess they, they stopped printing the Spawn Origins hardcovers and started up again because I see the 10th one's coming out soon. Which uh, is good because that the when they quit printing them, it only ended, I think, at issue 100 and something, like early 100s. Um, and now they're up to like issue 266. I mean, you still have another 150 issues that could easily yeah. be printed in, in hardcovers. So that's good that they picked their game back up. And the hardcovers, those Spawn Origins, they're, they're, they're nice books, too. I have a couple of the volumes, and a lot of times Greg Capullo does all the cover art for the books as well. So They look nice, yeah. How is but, his artwork in that? Um, good. It was fun. I'm pretty sure. I remember, I don't know if it was on Fat Man on Batman, but I'm pretty sure he said people thought he was Todd McFarlane. It, he, people thought it was just Todd continuing to draw the book. It yeah, it, I can see that. It was good. Um, no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was really well done. I like his covers, I think, a little bit more. Um, but I think that's just because you get a little bit more free range with the covers. Um, you're all speaking of hardcovers dropping. You got the Goon Volume 4 coming out any day now. Oh, yes, sir. And that'll be fun. Uh, the library editions. Those, oh, I got Volumes 1 through 3. You got 1 through 3. I'm excited for 4. It's yeah, a, such a gorgeous book. Um, I keep waiting. I don't know when it's going to drop. I keep waiting and waiting and waiting for Conan the Slayer number three to drop. I have I'm not. Sure it already has, man. Did it? I haven't seen it come through on anything. I was even yeah. in my local shop. Granted, they don't get a lot of those, but I haven't been able to find it. And I'm enjoying the Conan book a lot. It's a yeah. good one. Uh, for those of you that like mm, cosmic marvel there's available for pre-order um you can get they're doing three war of kings books i don't know if you've read that rusty war of kings the whole uh no okay i i hear i hear good things i hear mediocre things but there there's like a prequel the main book and then the what's it called when it's after the prequel after the main book whatever sequel so it's gonna it's gonna be. It's not like. It's not really a sequel. Aftermath. That's what they're calling it. Um, so there's gonna be three like twelve hundred page omnis for it. I'm pretty excited. Just because I like the only Marvel I like is Cosmic anymore. Um, and is that yeah. the one that involves Black Bolt? And... Yes. And yeah. Vulcan, okay. I think. Yep. All that okay. Stuff. Yep. I'm surprised Rusty doesn't know cool. about it. Ooh. Now I haven't read a lot of Black Bolt. Stuff. Um. Sorry, tap. One more thing you can add to your list: Sandman Mystery Theater. I think you like that. That's cool stuff. To check um, that out. Just give it a look over. Yeah, I've been binge reading Sandman uh, in the last twenty-four hours or so. I've read quite a bit, and it's god dang, it's good. I'm so glad that it took me a long time to pick it up, but I'm glad that it, I waited as long as I did because I think I appreciate it a lot more with a more mature mindset. It's. And I didn't know that Constantine makes some appearances in it. Yeah. I saw that and I got super giddy. I was like, ah! I was like a little schoolgirl. Constantine! Yeah. yeah, I like that too. Um, it's also, if you keep, when you keep reading, you'll see there's another Constantine character in there. Um, I, won't, I won't tell you more about that, but you'll, you'll see it. Well, I know Chaz was in it. Well, no, I mean, yeah, you'll figure it out. Oh, you'll farther, see. farther along in the book. Yeah. It, okay. Um, it's is a I, I just I love Sandman so much. And the artwork is gorgeous. Now, uh, what I what, what I noticed when I was reading is it's very wordy. 
I don't know if you noticed that too. It's a pretty wordy. It is wordy, but I don't mind. It's still gaming, so I, I definitely don't mind. Yeah, it's good wordy. Um, so, I, okay, I don't know if those issues have come around yet, but when you were starting to read it, I told you it feels like some issues put more, like there's more story in them than some arcs have nowadays. Yes. I don't know if you've uh, noticed that yet in any issues, but... I did with the Cain and with the Cain and Abel when they introduced Cain and Abel. Um, it definitely felt that way. Um, that whole issue, the Constantine one, actually felt that way too. It almost felt like an entire arc and and a yeah. single issue. Um, so no, I'm I'm enjoying it though, man. Like I said, I'm so I'm enjoying a, a lot right now. Ooh, I think another... Rusty might even like it. Yeah. It's good. I don't know how else to explain it, man. It's so good. You were also going to read uh, Demon Knights. Oh, I did. I did read Demon Knights. Well, not because there's 17 or 23 of them in total. I didn't read all 23. I've read uh, the first three or four issues, though, of Demon Knights. Um, oh, Etrigan. There you go, Rusty. There's another supernatural character from DC. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I did read the first three or four issues of Demon Knights. I'm enjoying it. I think... I don't know. There's just a lot of sub-characters that have no... Like, they don't show up in anything ever again. So it's just kind of, eh, whatever. Um, but overall, I think Demon Knights is, is pretty solid. But I definitely wanted to read the uh, the other books of Etrigan that we talked about. Was it just Demon. the Demon? Yeah. I do yeah, want to read those. How cool is Etrigan? He's just such a dope character. He's basically like the way he, uh, I, the way he talks. He's just rhyming all the time. <laughs> he doesn't know if he wants to be good or bad. He just does whatever he wants. He's awesome. The one thing I will say that I, yeah, the one thing I will say that I liked a lot about Demon Knights is that it actually gave you the sort of the background um, on Etrigan and and how uh, is it Jason Blood. Yeah, and how he became fused with Etrigan and and whatnot, which yeah. I never I never knew the backstory on the character, so I thought that was pretty cool too. And Vandal Savage is in Demon Knights. Oh, I love Vandal Savage and Demon Knights. Yeah. A anything else I've ever seen Vandal Savage in, I've always hated the character. I think you're supposed to. I think that's part of yeah. it that you're just supposed to hate him. But in Demon Knights. Oh, I love Vandal Savage. He is so freaking badass. I, yeah. I love Vandal Savage. It's great. I mean, it's got these... Yeah, it does have characters you'd never see again, but it's got, like, Madame Xana doing it as well, I think. Yes, it does. And she does show up later, so... It's yeah, cool you got the, really the different. only ones. The only ones that you continue to see, from my understanding, is uh, Lucifer, Madame Xanadu, Etrigan and uh vandal savage i think everybody else was only in it for that series and that was it like the one didn't even have a name it was just the woman on the horse I think that was her name yeah, yeah. uh yeah. then there was like sir it was the woman but it was like sir yatir or whatever and the golden knight uh yeah so there are some characters that are just kind of like, yeah whatever but um no, it's good though. I'm enjoying it. I'll probably go back to it later. I'm binge reading Sandman right now though, because I, oh, god damn, it's good. I almost wanted to put the Rebirth on hold this week just so I could keep reading Sandman. To be honest with you, That's but funny. I had to. I had to stay. I had to. You know, had to take a break for a minute. So, 
Well, there's well, a sign to wrap. I, have to... <laughs> I was going to say, before we wrap it up, I have two quick ones. I will say that this week, uh, supposedly, I haven't bought it yet or anything, or I guess this hasn't dropped yet, rather. Um, but uh, Spawn uh 266 which is the spawn savage dragon crossover is announced to come out yep. this week okay and it has the weird ant character that reminds me of carnage from eric larson and the other character that is uh, by todd and apparently it reminds me of like spider-man venom which is kind of weird oh um, yeah yeah ends. i know what you're talking about now. i saw the cover yeah it comes out this week uh, by the time this comes out, it'll already be out, supposedly. Um, it's been pushed back and stuff. But we're going to see this crossover thing. I'm kind of curious to see what happens on that. Um, the second thing, and it's kind of a big deal that comes out this week, for us anyway, is uh, yes. Romulus by Brian, uh, Hill. Brian Hill. Yeah, so um, if you are curious to try a new number one, Romulus did come out this week, and um, it is available to pick up. I mean, and if it's not available at your shop, tell them to order it. It's going to it's gonna be pretty cool. I mean, we've already read I know. it, basically, and we all like when it, I saw, right? Well, when I saw Romulus number one coming out this week, we read it so long ago. I was like, oh, it's just now dropping? Because <laughs> like, we read it like yep. a month ago, so... I was like, ah, oh, we gotta wait another month before we get Romulus too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everything that's happening in it seems like it's uh, going cool so far. It seems like a solid story, strong women characters, and I mean, even Brian's inspiration behind it um, was he saw a girl uh, basically skateboarding and uh, she fell and got up and everything. And he's like, this is like the character. And he talked to her and everything. I, I've talked to him a lot lately. And the way he came up with all this stuff and just the way that I, I've read things from him and stuff, it, it seems like he put a lot of work into this. And I mean, uh, like I said, we read it and it seems solid. And I want to get the uh, second issue. Well, as he so. said, it'll melt your face. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well. I guess this is going to wrap up this episode of Four Guys in a Comic, and we do have a special interview coming up. So don't leave just yet, just because we're done talking to each other, because we're going to talk to someone else now. Welcome to Four Guys in a Comic, and we're um, pleased to announce today we have Kyle Hester, a filmmaker and all-around great guy. Kyle, thank you for joining us. Well, uh, thank you for having me, first of all. I think that uh, we're, we're going to have a good time, and it's, uh, the pleasure is all mine. Oh, so you've done quite quite a few different things, uh, acting and all sorts of stuff. As for our listeners that are not familiar with you, maybe you can give a quick little uh, bio or rundown of uh, what you've done. Well, let's see. Uh, I've been acting basically forever since I was in the seventh grade, and uh, I've gone all over the country. And it's basically, I've, I've been on television and films, and worked with John Frankenheimer and movie Andersonville. 
he directed the chair. Uh, no, not the chair, the train. Peter Semetti uh, directed the, or he, that's his show, the, the chair. So, which actually correlates to uh, to you guys. So, yeah, it's a horror film I have coming out called uh, The Chair, which is based on a graphic novel by Peter Semetti. Yeah. And um, going forward, I have something else. It's also going to be a comic, which is Zombie with a Shotgun. And that is actually being shot right now. Um, my character's done, but uh, that's the, they're still fishing that up, going into post. And then I'm moving on to Preacher 6, which is, has a very uh, kind of a graphic novel feel to it. So, and we may do one. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. So a lot of these seem very i guess you could say horrorish um is would you say horror is kind of like your your main genre that you enjoy doing or is that just something that kind of falls in your lap you know like actually no I, I would say it's it's just this has been kind of what's happened over the past couple of years but uh but i would not say that i'm a horror guy you know i mean like the film after preacher six that i'm going to be doing is a uh, modern western oh, so okay. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I, I'm pretty much a chameleon, I think, and uh, as far as an actor goes, so I, I'd, I'd like to kind of keep that rolling. Well, that's a good thing to have. You don't want to get stereotyped in one particular genre or anything like that, so you you got to keep it rotating around. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Yes. So you said you finished wrapping up a zombie with a shotgun. I guess uh, that means that uh, you got taken out already, huh? Well, I don't necessarily get taken out. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we, I was up in New York um, just a few weeks ago and uh, shooting that. So that, that was a lot of fun, except for the, like the the three ninety seven degree days in a row shooting in the basement, Oof. getting dehydrated. That was a that, that was a bummer. But other than that, it was all good. Cool. Well, what is Zombie with a Shotgun going to be about? Well, well, zombie with a shotgun. Well, besides, besides the main guy. <laughs> well, it's, without kind of giving any spoilers away, I'd say it's it's basically it's like inside baseball of zombies. It's like the who done it, where it come from, how did it happen, can we control this virus, you know, and uh, and that kind of thing. So that's that's where it comes from. It's a, it's like a noir. Um, kind of a film piece and so it's different than what you would expect from like a you know a regular you know everyone's head gets thrown to the wall zombie film but um so it's a lot of fun for sure cool and you play hank ray in that if i understand correctly yes yes i play hank ray it's like a, a, a bounty hunter sheriff uh who's basically trying to track down the guy that uh that started it all so so an yeah. all-around badass is what we can expect. Well, I, I think that he tries. He's up against a pretty formidable guy. So, uh, you know, you just got to keep going after him, though, you know? Yeah. So when does the chair um, officially come out? Because I know it started off as a Kickstarter. Um, you guys have filmed it, obviously. Um, is it due to come out next month or – it is uh it is being worked on right now to come out in theaters uh next month so the way that that's going to work is um it's like they're set up as events so if enough tickets get sold 
in each event, then a screening of the chair will show in that theater that week. So, um, like, you know, it's going to be, I think he was trying to set it up for like 25 cities. Um, so initially, and then on this particular platform, this website, like you can go on and set up your own event. Like if you have, there are theaters in, in your city that, that do that, then you can go like, yes, I will host an event. And, um, and then, you know, basically like 75 tickets get sold to it then you know you'll you'll see the chair in the theater so which i think is like it's really cool system that is kind of cool actually i didn't know you could do that yeah i didn't know that either it is interesting might need to reach out we just got like the alamo draft house here where i'm at as well so i want i know they usually do kind of like indie stuff like that i wonder if they'd be interested in yeah i don't i I don't know i don't know how it works i know that the uh the website uh, that does that is uh, tugg.com so it's tug.com and, uh, and the chair is already listed on there, so you can go on and see if if you could like you know make an event where you are. Oh, fantastic! And, uh, yeah, so it's it's up there now, but uh, of course I'm like spilling the beans right now. But uh, Peter hasn't uh, he hasn't like you know put it out on the chair Twitter feed yet uh, um, about that. But I mean, it's if you go there, it's up. So it's not like I'm giving anything away that you can't find. Awesome, but I you got a pretty nice cast going in there. Uh, we got uh, was it Susan Eisenberg, the voice of Wonder Woman? <laughs> uh, we yeah, got R- Roddy Piper, Naomi Grossman, Eric yeah, Roberts. Uh, no, Eric Roberts was not in it. I think that he might have been initially being spoken oh, to about okay. it, but he was not in the final cast. Uh-huh. Yeah, but everybody that. else. They had it yeah, okay. yeah, it on a like, poster, but. on uh, From the chair? Yeah, well, yeah, because, like, when I Googled the chair film, like, it popped up as, uh, showing, as, like, a little poster, and it had, like, the names across the top, like, the billing names, and Eric Roberts was on there. Oh, oh, you know what? Okay, yeah, I remember that. That would have been in the very, very beginning of, like, development when he was talking to and he was reaching out to Eric Roberts about it. But then I think that that timing didn't work out, um, and I think that there are several several people that the cast had changed from from those initial, um, you know, beginnings. Gotcha. Well, either way, it's still an awesome cast, no matter how you look at it, with or without. So, and so I got to ask, any good stories uh, during filming? Gosh, yeah. Well, okay, I was brought on to the chair as an actor. And uh, basically, I ended up being the producer of it. So that was kind of in in, in and of itself kind of a, a crazy situation. But uh, yeah, he basically didn't have didn't didn't meet minds with the producers that he was uh, interviewing through the process. And he doesn't live in LA, and I live here, and this is where it was going to be shot. So it's like I knew kind of the, the lay of the land out here and whatnot and kind of one thing led to another and and then with with all these a type other people that wanted to take over the project he he said well kyle why don't you just do it so i said all right i'll just do that <laughs> so, <laughs> so, that, so that's kind of how that happened and then uh you know we got so and let's see another a a filmmaking story as it were the we were going around looking for prison locations that that we were going to shoot the film in and we're like 
maybe a month out from shooting. So, and that's where most of everything happens is in a prison. Uh, so it was like there was everyone was booked up. It was either booked up, too expensive, not available, or the sound didn't work because it was too oh. echoey, and so you you wouldn't be able to, to hear. Um, so it was like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? And well, lucky for us all, actually, like I also have done a lot of carpentry, so I was like, all right. Well, I'll build the set. So I ended up building the prison set in my backyard three <laughs> weeks. I had three weeks before we were shooting, and I started to, to build it three weeks before, and then we shot it on a soundstage. So you've wow. done quite a bit on this film then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that, <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely did. I definitely did. Got a lot of man all, hours. Like, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. it was well worth it, and everyone was awesome. And of course, Roddy Piper, you know, rest in peace. He he was amazing, and uh, great a great performance, and just a great person. Awesome. Yeah, I love Roddy Piper, so I'm glad to hear that he he's a good guy in real life, and or well, rest in peace was. But uh, you know, you always kind of hate it when you meet your heroes, and it turns out they're not who you'd like them to be. So, yeah, right. I completely <laughs> agree. Yeah, it, I, yeah, it's, it's a bummer because it kind of shatters. It's like, oh, I thought I liked you, but now but I you're see a that you're a dick. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you've so probably now, met quite a few people over the years that can go either yeah, way. So definitely, I I actually uh, it's it's surprising to me when you run into people that like believe their own hype, you know, or well, I don't know. It's like you know, ego before the fall kind of thing. It's, yeah. it, it's really weird, but. Um, so yes, I do run into that, and um, you know, it's just like I'll be over here, and uh, you know, good good luck with all that. <laughs> you know, we probably won't work on another film together if if I'm doing any of the casting, you know, that kind of thing. So I think basically in this business, I think it's important to not be an asshole. So if you can do that, then you're one step ahead of the game. So what is the chair about exactly? For those that don't know, I've seen the trailer for it, and it does look it does look interesting. I love horror movies, so it's it's definitely up my alley. Um, but in your own words, what would you say that the chair is about? The chair is about it's it's about kind of the the internal struggles of this man who's on death row, and did he do it? Did he not do it? Um, it's like he, he goes through some pretty horrific things in the prison that may, uh, may or may not be fair justice wise, depending on uh, your point of view. But uh, you know, the basis is that he's an innocent man in, in prison or is he? So it, it's, it's a very kind of mind twisty thing. It's uh it's, it's, you gotta watch it to kind of, to kind of see what I'm not saying because I'm not saying a lot. <laughs> so you can definitely, you can check out, there's a graphic novel that, uh, that Peter did and, um, and it lays out the, the darkness pretty, pretty well. 
So I would, I would definitely check that out. But it's like the the struggles of this of this central character um, during his time there, and you know, facing his own sanity or insanity while he's on, in prison, and you know, are these guards, you know real are they you know is, is what is real in here so it's a lot of uh psychological stuff so for those that might not be able to see a screening of it in the theaters is this also going to be like video on demand as well or dvd or anything blu-ray all of the above all of the this above. will okay. be available however you can stream it or see it or you know get it on dvd all of it yes Fantastic. Yeah, I, cool. don't, I don't don't know the timing of that. I think that uh, you know he wants to give the give this theater run a little bit of a shot. So and then then release it onto all those other platforms. Says so spec probably by Christmas time. I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah. So uh, Kyle, when you're not making movies, what do you do? Making movies. <laughs> <laughs> Building sets. No, you know, I mean, if I. Look, um, I, I love Disneyland, you know, oh, so it's like whenever, whenever I get a chance, it's like my wife and I have the season passes. Nice. So, so whenever I have the opportunity, you know, we'll, we'll go and do that. And, um, you know, we'll take it, we'll take a road trip, you know, here or there when, between films. But, uh, yeah, but this is pretty much my, my full-time gig is, is doing this. And when you're producing, it's like, you know, the, it doesn't it doesn't stop it's like a it's a marathon to get a film made from pre-production to you know actually doing it and then post-production and getting it out there i mean like the chair was shot a year and a half ago mm-hmm. you know and it's just now getting into theater so there's a lot of of war that goes even after it's shot so and then you know, and here we are with some people the shotgun and then I'm just about to launch the the fundraiser for Creature Six, which my wife is the screenwriter on. So uh, my my hands are pretty full. So I got to ask, just because you got my curiosity going. So we now know what the chair is about. Zombie or the shotgun, we, we discussed a little bit. So what is Preacher Six going to be about? Preacher Six is, that is basically a small town preacher goes to the big city and ends up like fighting evil in a literal sense so it, it ends up being kind of a grindhouse uh kind of film where this our preacher like battling demons and evil and whatnot you know with his, his band of compatriots um that you, i don't know if you've seen if you go to the twitter site uh it's at preacher six uh you can see who some of the cast members are and so bill obris jr is going to be in it and Zach Galligan just came on board and um, just a, a bunch of other really cool people. And it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun. It's kind of like uh, there's going to be action and stunts and blood and drama and, you know, grindhouse type stuff. All right. I'm not going to lie. That's right up my alley. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. That sounds awesome. Fantastic, man. Well, uh, you know, help us uh, spread the word. And, you know, basically this none of this happens without the, the crowdfunding, you know, and, and without the Indiegogo or Kickstarter or something like that. I mean, these movies do not happen without support. So it, it's like I know that, um, you know, once it's like people have an image of like of filmmakers, you know, I mean, I, I rent an apartment. I don't have a house, you know, so I mean, I'm sure that 
probably I'm talking to people that have houses. You, you know, but mm-hmm. like living in LA, it's so expensive just to be here. You know that it's like uh, if you can if you can pay your bills by doing whatever your art is, and you're you're doing good. You know, so. Yeah, I grew, but I grew uh, up in LA, and so I know it. It is expensive out there. <laughs> oh, right on! Yeah, you know, yes, you know, I do. Now, aside from movies, I see you've also done some uh, some voice acting. You did some characters in uh, Fallout Four. Okay, actually, no, that's not true. No? Um, okay. That is <laughs> that is a production mistake. I don't know if you you can leave this in or not. I, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Oh, but uh, that is. Uh, it's a real person whose name is Kyle Hester who lives here in L.A. who, who did those voices. But uh, the production team put, like, it, the IMDb credit to the wrong person. Oh, oh no. Oh, wow. Yeah, so so I'm sure that, you know, <laughs> he should know about it if he doesn't. But, uh, yeah, he could, like, call his agent and get them to, you know, change it or whatnot. Somewhere Kyle's like, uh, hey, my bio is wrong. I'm not getting the credit I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I could like run with it. Yeah, man. You know, God, Fallout Four, that was intense, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, all right. Well, I just followed Preacher Six here on Twitter. Like I said, I'm I'm and I'm subscribing to the to the list as well as we speak because this it definitely sounds right up my alley. Well, fantastic, man. I, I appreciate that. It's, it's definitely, uh, it, it's one of those things where, like I was saying, that, uh, you know, the chair would not, like, Roddy Piper's film, last film, would not have happened without, you know, the, the crowdfunding thing. And, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, that is kind of like right now, that's what's driving the, the, the new independent films. And, um, you know, cause it's like, I don't have a rich uncle and I don't know anyone that does. Um, or I'd be, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking, you know, cause yeah. I'd just be like doing things and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, so this is like kind of like a, it's, it's a grassroots, like, Hey, let's everybody get in there and, you know, make something cool happen instead of all those re repeats and redos and sequels and all that stuff that you know the big guys do so we were talking a little bit earlier about nfl i gotta ask who's your team the saints i, I figured you're gonna say of course. that because <laughs> your dad was on the saints correct that is correct yeah yeah, yeah he my dad was on the saints in the 70s mm-hmm. and uh so yeah I, I grew up there when i was when i was a kid and uh my a lot of my family's New Orleans area, so yeah, it's it's a lifelong, lifelong love of the Saints for sure. <laughs> yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, do you have any other upcoming projects or anything else that you want to throw out there, or you know, mention, discuss, what have you? You know what, the biggest thing I play right now is Preacher Six coming up. We're going to be launching that um, the Indiegogo fundraiser on the thirteenth. And so it's like I'm in the middle of, of getting everything ready and, um, you know, setting up the whole thing and all that, all the pre-work that happens is, is what's going on right now. So I'm, I'm definitely chomping at the bit. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So, who is, so you said your wife wrote the screenplay. Who's, uh, do you guys have a director yet or? Yeah, yeah. Um, Grady Earls. 
Okay. Brady Earls is the director. So if you look on the um, on the Twitter side, you all all those graphics that are that like the the kind of the visionary graphics, uh, they're all done by him. Oh, very so cool. He's, uh, yeah, yeah so he's that guy. So it's it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be kind of like a Sin City noir type thing, and um, and he's he can do that. So it's it's gonna be. It's it's very ambitious for for an independent film, but but damn it, we're gonna do this. That's right. <laughs> so, did you grow up reading comics and stuff then as well, or? You know what i I grew up reading like the the Batman and Spider Man comics and, and stuff like that, and then when I got on with Peter, you know, it's like, holy crap, there's a whole other world of yes. like these independent comics, yes. you know? Oh, so yeah. it, it's really, it's really cool to, uh, to be able to kind of be learning about all this, all these independent artists out there. And I, I love it now because you, before, you know, the internet and Twitter and f- Facebook and all these other social platforms, get your stuff out there and Amazon. It's like, yeah, there was nowhere for all these new artists to put their stuff out. So it's an exciting time. That it is. Um, so did, obviously when you started working on the chair, I'm assuming you went back and read the graphic novel. And did that spark a love for any other indie stuff or whatever that you're currently reading? Well, I'm definitely following, you know, the, the new stuff that Peter's got coming out. And uh, with his, like, indie, with his, I forget the name of it. But, um yeah, he's got like a new a new magazine that he's that he's putting out with all of his titles and stuff like that. So I'm kind of like cruising cruising through him and, and seeing seeing what what's exciting, you know. And he's got a lot of great artists. Oh, very cool. Uh, you mentioned your wife is writing the screenplay um, for Preacher Six. Did you ever sit down and start writing your own movies that uh, may may or may not see the light of day? Um, you know, I, I have never written, so I, that's not my thing. You know, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I've got ideas, but as far as like, you know, writing a screenplay, you know, and stuff, it's like, I, I have so many other things that I do that I would have to learn how to do that. And I, I don't have time to learn how to do that, <laughs> but it's like, I'll come up with ideas like, Hey, check this out. What do you think about this? Okay. You run, <laughs> you know? But yeah, that's, that's as far as that's as far as my writing goes. Fair enough. Yeah, you're the, you're the one building the set while everyone else is uh just writing stuff down. Right. And you know what? It takes it takes all of it. It it takes yeah. uh, it's oh yeah a whole creative everyone. So do you? Um, like I know earlier we were kind of talking about like stories and stuff. Do you happen to have, uh, um, any fun stories you can share regarding Roddy Piper by chance? I'm sorry. I'm just a fan. I gotta ask, (laughs) you know, Roddy Piper, um, he he was, he was like a super quiet guy. Oh, really? Like every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. He was like kind of real, real, like super chill family guy, you know, called his wife, you know, between scenes and, and it's like, you know, talked to his daughter all the time. And it was, it was like really cool just to, to see like, here's this guy who's done a bazillion things. He's like, you know, famous than 
more famous than anyone that I know, you know, and, um, and he's just like a regular guy, you know, and who told funny jokes and, you know, but then when it was time to work, it's like, he's all, he's all serious, all business. So it was, it was great. Well, that was very cool. Um, so who do you play in the chair exactly? Are you the warden or? No, Bill Obers Jr. is the warden. Okay. I, um, my character name is Bowen. So I'm, I'm one of the prison guards, um, along with, uh, Zach Galligan from Gremlins and Noah Hathaway, uh, the, from Never Ending Story, Derek Damien's, um, who's on the Days of Our Lives for years. And, um, so yeah, I think those are the, and then Roddy Piper was, was, uh, the, the lead, the head guard. So, so we're, yeah, the, the band of misfits. (laughs) <laughs> so then your your uh skype profile picture here that's bowen that's who uh you played in the chair that i'm assuming right that's correct okay cool Very yes cool. so kyle i gotta ask yeah, you, has there it... been any roles that you'd have loved to play in movies yeah i would love to yeah. play neo in the matrix yeah but uh keanu already had that <laughs> <laughs> But I tell you what, if they ever do like you know a redo or you know sequels to the Matrix, I'd sign up for it. Be like, yeah, yeah okay, do this. Take a huge that would, that would be fun. Then, huh? I love, I love the Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that's probably like one of your favorite movies? I would say the Matrix, Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Those are those are uh, those are up there. All good movies. Yes. Yes, I agree. That's awesome. Yeah, man. If it captures, if it captures like you know, ima- imagination and you know, and that's that's the thing that like the Matrix did really. It was, it was such a groundbreaking you know idea for for its time, and uh, you know, I mean, I don't think that anything since then has come out that has kind of like changed the landscape of um, ideas in, in film. Mm-hmm. So being in the industry, I got to ask, what is your opinion on all of these reboots and uh, remakes remakes and just everything else that is going on in the world of Hollywood right now from someone that's in the industry? What what is your opinion on it? Well, you know, I I think that it's safe. You know, it's like basically that's what happens when you mix art and business. And it's like when the business part of it has a heavier say in what happens than the art part of it, that's what you end up with is, uh, is the safe bet, you know? So it's like, yeah, well, we sold this many tickets on this film in 1937. So let's remake that one, you know, and it will do just as good or maybe 80% of that, but that's still a good amount of money. It's like, that's the kind of thinking that um that makes all these sequels just safe bean countery kind of thinking um so and you know people go see it you know so it's like when people stop going to see the the sequels and remakes and stuff like that then maybe you know they'll they'll take some risks on some other stuff but um but it just comes down to the business side winning over the art side yeah it seems well it seems like now the the thought is let's start reading comics and turn everything into comic book from comic books into TV shows and movies, which I love. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a great way to do it. You know, you got a lot of brilliant minds, you know, making comics. 
So if you can, and it's a visual medium, comics are visual mediums, so it's film. So it's like it kind of like it can easily translate from one to the other. So I think it's, I think it's a good match. Yeah, it is. I mean, think about it. You got over 80 years of great stories and arcs and all sorts of characters that so many stories have, that have yet been told on the screen or on television for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if there's any comic series, you know, that you would love to be in as an actor, is there anything that stands out that you'd love to do? God, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I don't know. I don't <laughs> have, I do not have an answer for that question. Uh, Kyle Hester, the next Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right. That'd be a fun role. That would definitely be a fun role. <laughs> But, uh, you know, like Deadpool, that was amazing. Are you oh, kidding? Like yes. that, would, that would have been a, a fun role to play. But, uh, there's, there's all kinds, you know. It's like bring it on, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Very cool. Um, yeah, so, Noah, do you have any more questions? Um, well, I'm not, I'm not the biggest film buff, so I apologize. But, um, <laughs> I really am not. It, it, it takes a lot for me to sit down and watch a movie. I just have a, such a short attention span, um, which is why I like comics. Cause I read one and I can jump to another one and it's a completely different thing. Well, I, I had mentioned, I guess, voice acting before. And um, I was just wondering, is that something you'd ever want to do? Or do you prefer sort of uh, completely getting into a role? Definitely. Voice acting is, is just, I mean, it's because you're, you're enveloping the character anyway. You know, whether whether the camera's on you or whether it's just your voice. I mean, so so to me, I think you can have just as much excitement and creativity doing doing voice work than as you can, you know, doing the, the physical stuff. So I, it's all it's all creative awesomeness to me. Plus, a pain gig is a pain gig. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> just some little extra change to drive through in and out. <laughs> that's right that's right and they do the gluten-free um, mm-hmm. menu sale so i can have that there you go <laughs> well kyle unfortunately our time has come to an end and we really do appreciate you coming on to our show today thank you again we'll definitely be, um, be promoting your film that's be coming out and we'll be putting that all over the place and everybody uh, check it out it's going to be fantastic Thank you very much. I, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, yeah, check out The Chair and, and uh, Preacher 6 and Zombie with a Shotgun. There's lots of fun stuff coming up. Thanks for joining us. Check us out, 4guysinacomic.com, and follow us on social media, Twitter, at number 4 guys in a comic, Facebook, keyword 4guysinacomic. Also check out popnerdtv.com and contv.com. Until next time.